0: what's good y'all welcome back to the playmakers corner podcast this is episode 284 here and we are continuing our season previews ahead of this 2023 colorado high school football season here by the way i'm your host simon villanos aka coach v and on this episode like all the other season previews we're going to talk about 10 teams and we're going to talk about what happened last year graduating seniors key players and then we're going to predict the record for this upcoming 2023 season on this episode we have all 1a teams here and I, i'm going to go ahead and just uh, list off the teams that we're going to talk about here we got 10 we got Buena vista colorado springs christian rye banning Lewis academy rocky ford Payton, ellicott trinidad florence and denver Christian so we're going to talk about all those teams on this episode here but before we hop into it let me give a quick breakdown about how our predictions with this 10 uh teams or how my predictions with these 10 teams went so last year we did the same thing we did season previews and we also predicted these teams records and so I'm gonna go ahead and give a quick breakdown on how that went within this sample of 10 teams on this episode so to start here there was one team that was not within the window of wins which is you know how many wins we project them having whether it's between five and eight uh six and ten whatever you know that's what our window of wins are we had one team that was within a game of those window of wins so say i projected them going or having a window of wins between six and eight they might have just had five wins or they might have had nine wins you know that type of deal right so kind of in the ballpark you know not too completely off but definitely in the ballpark there so that's one out of the 10 teams on this episode then we have two separate teams out of the 10 on this one that were within the window of win. so they were definitely in the ballpark when it came to predictions and what actually happened last year here in 2022 and then moving on from that we have two more teams that honestly i was just wrong about i was either too high on them or too low on them We also had some breakout players or some players that didn't you know maybe live up to expectations and so i had two teams on this episode that i was just straight wrong about so we'll talk about them here and then this is kind of a a little bit of a record here but out of the 10 teams on this episode i had four squads who i predicted the record exactly right maybe not game for game but Still, though, record exactly right there. So I will take that. And there is one team, and I'm just going to say it, it's Denver Christian that we did not cover in detail last year. I mean, we mentioned them when talking about other teams and whatnot, but they were an eight-man team coming up to 11-man. So we just felt like it was not going to be like, you know, an easy way to go ahead and project how they're going to do an 11-man considering the transition and everything. So, there you go. There, are a total of 10 teams all on the 1A level. Let's go ahead and hop into this one. Okay, so starting with Buena Vista here. Last year, had a relatively, you know, solid season. They went 7-2. and two. Uh, I originally predicted them to have a window of wins anywhere between eight and ten i really felt like eight wins was their floor at the time that i did their season preview they only had seven games scheduled so you know there you go there but i had a really hard time seeing them lose more than two games so uh you know I, I would say i was still in the ball range here uh i mean they only played nine games in the regular season but still though this was one of the team the teams that i considered to be just outside the window of wins here uh being one game outside of that so i was still in the ballpark with this prediction here so there you go there um uh, they were originally, I think they were originally supposed to play Monta Vista. But I guess that game got taken off uh, the schedule. Or at least on max preps, it got taken off the schedule. So that's it's a little bit interesting. But uh, that did affect, obviously, my prediction there. And then they pretty much won every game I expected t- uh, to last year. Which I'll talk about here more in depth uh, in a little bit. Except the two games that they didn't win... Were the Gunnison game, which they lost 21-20. to And then the Lyman game, which was not close. They lost 50-13 to here. Um, so there you go. Uh, also, they beat Centauri 24-18, who wasn't on the schedule earlier. As well as Cedar Ridge 41-20, to who were also not on the schedule. But let's talk about last season real quick and recap it. To start the season, they beat Salida 26-16. Then, like I said, they beat Centauri 24-18. That was a game without Devin Brady, I'm pretty sure, though. So, there's that. Then, they went on that two-game losing streak, like I said, against Gunnison and Lyman. But, bounced back, beating North Fork, Meeker, Roaring Fork, Olaf here. uh, Just blowing them out. I mean, these weren't super close. I mean, Meeker was a 41-29 game, so that was the closest one. Other than that, most of these were blowouts here. Uh, would beat Cedar Ridge at the end 41 to 20 to end the regular season and then they head into the playoffs where they hosted Colorado Springs Christian at home and kind of got surprised it was an upset you know they got upset straight up and lost at home 21 to 18 here getting bounced in the first round which I yeah I mean we didn't expect that to happen obviously here uh i didn't expect that to happen but i know me and some of my co-hosts here cody and gideon they definitely uh were surprised when that happened as we all felt like buena vista was a contender playing so well throughout the season and then just fell short there so there you go there And it's tough because Buena Vista is going to be losing some pretty important pieces starting with their three-year starting quarterback Hayden Camp. He passed for 927 yards, 9 touchdowns, 7 picks. But he also rushed for 771 yards and 10 touchdowns there. As the offense was not as efficient as it probably could have been, they definitely had their struggles early on here. And so that kind of affected some of the numbers here, which were, you know, still fine. They were still good, but, you know, it could have definitely been better. And obviously, they did not go as far as they wanted to. But Hayden Camp, he's been a great quarterback for them these last couple of years. And so that's going to be a tough one to lose. In addition, they lose his running mate, Jacob Phelps. He was a two-way starter uh, playing running back and safety here. Uh, He rushed for 624 yards and nine touchdowns. He was a second leading rusher right behind Hayden Camp. So that's definitely going to be a tough replace there. And on defense, he also had 21 tackles and led the team in 1A, I'm pretty sure, with eight interceptions. So that's a tough loss. He was also an all-playmaker guy. Uh, Like Hayden Camp, they were both all-playmaker guys. So that's, uh, that's definitely a tough loss for Buena Vista. So there you go there and it looks like a number uh, here and then all together on defense though uh just kind of giving a number here because i'm not going to talk about every player it's nothing personal or anything i just you know we got a lot of teams to talk about so i'm going to kind of summarize it here but uh they are oh sorry they're also losing ethan flavin by the way who was their lead tackler with 98 from the linebacker spot so there you go but other than that we're not going to talk about more players that are graduating they are losing about six of their top 13 tacklers so not the most but it looks like a number of them were front seven guys or linemen as well um at least two of them were linemen i want to say one of them also including kent putman so that's going to be some tough sides to a place up front there so there you go there hayden camp jacob phelps ethan flavin and then six of their top 13 tacklers so Not the worst. I mean, I guess it doesn't look as bad on paper, but when you look at the offensive production, they're losing their two main guys there. They're also losing a a great athlete in Phelps who held it down on that back end for this defense. And so throwing them, losing some front seven guys, a really important safety. You know, there's definitely some interesting uh, holes here that they got to replace and got to figure out. But with that being said, let's talk about some key players here. Uh, I got three that I really want to talk about. I'm sure there are plenty more. But I definitely want to talk about these three first. Starting with Elijah Flowers. The 6'2", 215 pound defensive end slash tackle. Will be a senior this year. After having a solid year where he racked up 46 tackles. Uh, He will be leading a unit. That is returning 4 of their top 5 tacklers. Which is going to be pretty important. So there you go there. Elijah Flowers the incoming senior. Should be pretty big for a defense that should at least be solid i don't know how good they can be they could probably at least be a top 15 118 uh, or 1a defense here so there's that you know you're returning some experience you still have some size here with elijah Flowers. that'll be big Another guy that's going to be really important, I think, is Caleb Camp, who is the brother of Hayden Camp. Uh, in his first year on varsity as like the lead receiver, he was an all-playmaker receiver for us. And he caught 32 receptions for 505 yards, 7 touchdowns, while also tagging on 26 tackles on defense. He will also be an incoming senior and in my opinion will be one of the best athletes on the team so he should really help out whatever quarterback steps up but will also be key to this defense there might be a world where we you know maybe get some snaps at quarterback as a wildcat uh qb or you know they just make him the starter we'll just have to see about that regardless he's a great athlete so he's gonna be somebody that will definitely be able to be used over there at buena vista And then another player, the last one that I want to talk about here before we talk about this schedule here is Trey Cardwell. He's listed as a QB, so things will get interesting, but he was the third leading rusher last year as one of their backs with 37 carries for 241 yards and three touchdowns. I kind of think he'll be the workhorse for them this year as far as just getting carries, and I think he'll be a solid option. I like his game, and so uh, he will be an incoming junior, so still pretty young here we'll just have to see what happens but you know this Bonavista Vista team I think is going to really rely on their defense and then on offense I mean it's not going to be easy to replace a Hayden camp especially because he was a three-year starter so you know things are changing and you got to find a way to evolve with that and so we're gonna have to see what they do on offense but they do have two really good athletes in Camp and Cardwell who you kind of just gotta feel and think that they're going to figure it out, right? They're going to figure it out with those great athletes uh, like they have before. Uh, it's really hard not to when, you know, even if it's not going as smoothly as well. I mean, you have a defense to lean on to. So there's that. So altogether, not the worst for Buena Vista, but still some changes here moving forward. And so with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about the schedule here. To start, they play Salida. I think that's going to be a win for them. But this may be a closer game than last year. I trust this defense to really figure it out. Um, With Salida, they won't have Drew Johnson as he's graduating. And so I wonder where this Salida offense will be at without him because they really leaned on him. And so we're just going to have to see what happens there. But I like this defense against Salida's offense. I think that'll be enough to win. Also... I mean, for offense, uh, if you're Buena Vista, I think it's just, you just got to keep it simple. Rely on Cardwell and camp, and you should be able to beat that defense because Drew Johnson was also a great linebacker, too. So that's going to be a tough replace for them. So I think this is a win. Definitely will be closer than uh, last year's game, but we're just going to have to see. All right. And then after that, they play Centauri away in La Jara here. I think that's a loss. I mean, there's questions at quarterback for both teams. as as they both played senior quarterbacks last year. But Centauri does return Devin Brady, who got hurt early last year, and he's looking for a bounce-back season. And Centauri also returns Chaz Holman. They also return two of their top tacklers, who are 100-plus tackle guys. This is not going to be an easy team to beat here. So... I'm going to give this one to Centauri. I like what they're returning more. I feel like they're really just going to De- feed Excuse me, Devin Brady here. They're going to feed Devin Brady. And, you know, if you remember his uh, little sophomore season from two years ago when they won state, he was electric, right? He's not an easy guy to stop, though, in a pretty experienced defense as well. I think this Buena Vista team might struggle in only their second game here. And I'm looking more at the offense than the defense when it comes to that. So there you go. Then they play Gunnison. This is a tough squad. I'm not going to lie here. Um, they only lost to them 21-20. to 20. We're going to talk about Gunnison on this episode, I believe. Or no, sorry. We're not going to talk about Gunnison on this episode. It'll be on next week's episode. But they're a tough team. They run the ball, control the pace you know all of that great stuff uh i couldn't find stats on defense for them which is really annoying actually it looks like their stats in general are just incomplete so that's not great but i kind of feel like one of vista will go ahead and win this one Uh, i think on defense they have enough playmakers to stop their run game so you gotta lean on that i mean i think going into that week you just gotta be like hey defensive by the way this isn't an aw- another away game uh to go play gunnison but i think anyways uh you gotta talk to your defense be like hey we gotta lean on y'all we really gotta stop this run game i don't think they could pass it like that so that's one less thing to worry about and so if we're just talking about size versus size here i like buena vista a little bit more Now, offensively, you can make mistakes. And it's going to be a little tough here playing Salinas, Tari and then Gunnison in your third game here. Uh, So, I really can't see this going the other way. But I'm going to trust this Buena Vista defense to find a way to get it done. So, there you go. Then they play Lyman. They're not going to win that game, unfortunately, there. Following that, they play North Fork. I think that's a win. Uh, Cardwell, last year, uh, Trey, he had a big game against this squad and I kind of expect the same, but I also expect North Fork to take steps forward. They had some injuries. I think um, they will be better than they were last year. This is another game that could be a toss-up. But I still favor uh, Buena Vista here. And also, by the way, they, geez, they would have won on a four-game basically road trip here i mean they don't play at home so they play salida at home then they play satari gunnison lyman and north fork away so that'll be interesting how this little stretch of games go that's not going to be an easy stretch um arguably they're toughest so there you go but then they get meeker at home here ah i think that's a loss meeker returns a tough back real backfield and I really don't know if Breno Vista is ready to win a potential shootout if it comes down to it. And so it depends on the performance of their quarterback at this point in the season. But for now, I'm going to say that's a loss. Uh, Meeker also has a solid defense and they have solid size up front. So we'll just have to see about that. But I'm going to give the edge to Meeker here. Then they play Roaring Fork, Olaf, Cedar Ridge. All those should really be wins. All right. So... There you go. There, all together on the season uh, with the record/slash schedule I have right now as of July fifteenth, I have Buena Vista going six and three, but with a window of wins between four and seven, so it really can go either way. Despite losing some key pieces, I currently have them only finishing one game worse than last year here, but the losses of Hayden Camp and Jacob Phelps, I feel like will most definitely be felt. The Gunnison North Fork and possibly Cedar Ridge game are all losable here. Uh, that's obviously, you know, um, not including the Centauri and uh, Lyman games, which I think they will lose. So there you go there. And we'll just have to see. The Cedar Ridge game is maybe a little bit more of a stretch. I feel like they only win that one if that really comes down to a shootout. If it's a shootout, that could be a tough one to win, right? Uh, And then you have Gunnison and North Fork, two teams that are built a little bit differently. Gunnison's going to run the ball. North Fork, they're going to be a little bit more balanced here. I'm putting a lot of faith in this defense to figure it out since they are returning a little bit more experience and some really good players, their tackle leaders, some size up front, you know, that's going to definitely be huge for them. But I think when it really comes down to it, the biggest question for Buena Vista going into this 2023 season is how this offense is going to look, how productive are they going to be, and can they keep up with some of these top tier teams. So there you go there. I still kind of feel like they should make playoffs. Uh, obviously, if they finish under 500, that's that's a tougher sell. But if they could get to 500, I think that's uh definitely good enough for them to make playoffs. So we'll just have to see about that. Moving on, though, let's go ahead and talk about Denver Christian here. Like I said, this was a team that we did not choose to preview last season because they were transitioning here from 8-man to 11-man football. So we didn't do that. Uh, so we'll save all that. But on the season they went four and five here, so not too bad in their first year. Uh let's just go over their schedule from 2022. To start, they lost to Banning Lewis 46-6, but then they beat the pinnacle uh 27-0, but then they went on a tough losing streak or a four-game losing streak, losing to Colorado Springs Christian 52-20. They lost a shootout to SS Park. geez, 52-46. Then they lost to Middle Park 33-7, lost to Strasburg 56-21 before going on a little three-game run here at the end of the season, beating Platte Canyon 39-24. That's a pretty big uh, win for them there. And then uh, taking care of business against Clear Creek and Jefferson 55-0 and then 50-14 respectively. So there you go. They're not too bad. Just finishing finishing below 500 there, which I feel like is pretty on par. They played some pretty tough teams. Uh, looking at Strasbourg, Colorado Springs, Christian Estes, you know, Banning Lewis. Those are some tougher teams to play for sure. Now talking about uh, graduating seniors, I only really found two that I think will be really important here. Um, on top of that, their defensive stats are incomplete. Uh, really their stats in general look incomplete they only have like six six six-ish games some of them only do and i know not that many players got injured so that's tough but working with what i got luke dorsey he was their wide out one he had 739 yards nine touchdowns on 31 receptions he was one of the best receivers in 1a and so that's gonna be a tough replacement there he probably had more than what's listed so there's that but Yeah, that's going to be tough to replace for sure. Another tough replace is Austin Johnson, who will be graduating. Uh, His stats, like I said, are incomplete, but he was the second-leading receiver with 201 games, three touchdowns, and 13 receptions in three games. It also looked like he had 22 tackles in those three games, so he's another great athlete that will be missed. Now, based on their incomplete defensive stats, so you could definitely take this with a grain of salt, they lose six of their top 13 tacklers, but they lose some pretty big producers at wide receiver, and this is a team that likes to throw it a little bit more. So there you go. But talking about key players, Nathan Buer, I want to say, I think it's Bueher, I want to say, I think that's how you say it. Excuse me if I'm saying that wrong, but he was with their quarterback. Uh, he was their quarterback last year going into his senior year. You know, he's looking to build upon a pretty solid junior year in the six games recorded. He threw for 1,236 yards, 14 touchdowns to six interceptions definitely show promise at quarterback and could be one of the better quarterbacks in 1a this upcoming uh season as a senior but the loss of luke dorsey austin johnson might be significant so we'll see what he is made of without those guys going into his senior year another guy to look out for will also be an incoming senior that's luke uh I think it's Boyson is how you say that. He was their lead rusher in five games. And in those five games, rushed for 210 yards and three touchdowns. Like I said, wish the stats were complete, but that's what we have to work with. He also tallied 20 tackles, and uh, I think he'll be a real important two-way player for them going into this season. And then last but not least, we have Calvin Davidson. He was their second lead receiver with 222 yards. Um, and one touchdown in the three games listed here so actually that would make Austin Johnson just barely their third leading receiver there but anyways back to Calvin Davidson uh, like I said second lead receiver with that production a majority of that production though did come in a 176 yard one touchdown performance versus Platte Canyon so that's, I mean, you know, Platt King is not bad. I think that's a real, uh, that's a real big positive for them to have a playmaker like that. He might be the whiteout one going forward. We'll just have to see, and hopefully, they do a better job taking stats. That helps us out so that we could, you know, talk about your team more accurately because uh, we can't go to every game. So there you go. But let's go ahead and predict this record here for the twenty twenty three season. I still feel a little iffy about this squad i think we do have a feel for them they like to pass the ball a little bit more they may not be the biggest team up front and so with all that being said that's what we got to work with going into this 2023 season where they open up against banning lewis academy this is an away game here i think that's a loss we'll talk about banning lewis later in this episode but they got a lot of weapons And they're returning a lot of players. That's a real tough game to win. Then they play the Pinnacle. They'll be losing one of their uh, best playmakers in Noah, the running back, who was an MVP candidate for us. So I think that should be a win. Following that, they play Colorado Springs Christian. Might be closer, maybe, as they lose a lot of playmakers and a good defense there, um, which we'll talk about later in this episode. But they return their quarterback, Jace Velasquez. If it comes down to a shootout, I think I like Jace a little bit better. I think that's a loss. So there you go. They play S.S. Park following that. This is another game that could be a shootout, but they return their quarterback and some good receivers. I think that'll be a close loss, but I would not be surprised if they won it. I think the better quarterback uh performance wins that game. just straight up so there you go but then they play middle park i think this is another winnable game more so than the estes or colorado springs christian game but with the guys they return uh middle park that is i just kind of doubt that they will win that one that one could definitely go either way though though wouldn't be surprised if that's a dub so there you go then they play Strasburg. that's a loss they play Platte Canyon. Uh, they're losing their quarterback. So I think that's a win for them, along with uh, Clear, C- Clear Creek and Jefferson to end the season. Both of those should be wins. So once more, I have them going four and five here. Maybe the middle part game will get them to 500. So there's that. But I have them with a window of wins between two and five. I could see them getting to 500. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't know if they're I don't think they're gonna finish over 500 that would mean they'd have to be either Colorado Springs Christian and or Strasburg I don't think they're beating Strasburg Estes maybe Colorado Springs Christian I think could be a good bet there but we'll just have to see about that I could also see them losing a lot of closer games here which would also be tough but uh kind of tougher to get a vibe on this team but i think this is the correct range with what we have to work with so there you go there all right now let's go ahead and talk about rye here so last year in the regular season went eight and one i predicted the record at seven and one and gave them a window of wins of six to eight so i was pretty close here just a game or two off here uh, so there you go there. I predicted their season almost exactly correctly at least the regular season except for Banning Lewis uh, Academy and Colorado Springs Christian. Um, I think I might have had let me see here. I'm pretty sure I had the losing to Banning Lewis and yeah, I don't know if Colorado Springs Christian. Was listed yet when I did this. So there you go there. But let's go ahead and talk about their season last year. To start off, got a good, a close win against Manitou Springs, 28 20, but a win's a win against a two way squad. Then they played Salida, they lost to them 24 to 14. That's tough. But then they rattled off uh, a win streak that would last until the end of the regular season here, where they beat center 48-16, beat Trinidad 56-12, Ellicott 59-6, beat Colorado Springs Christian in a really close one, 31-29. I feel like that had some playoff implications there, so that was pretty big, winning a close one at home. Uh, then beat Payton 47-7, then won a close one against Banning-Lewis 16-6. I think at this point, it was pretty much already, you know, a sure thing that they would make the playoffs unless they just had a catastrophic loss there, uh, catastrophic loss there to uh, Banning-Lewis, which they didn't. They beat them. And then Rocky Ford was a forfeit at the end, so they had a little bit of a break before heading to the playoffs where they played Yuma in the first round, who they just lost to. 42 to 6 there so there you go there but still i think they had a pretty good year here i think this was a year where they saw a jump in wins and a playoff spot Uh, that's what i said in my prediction last year i said this is what i said exactly this team is more mature and should see a jump in wins and a possible playoff spot uh they don't play the toughest comp but they are returning a lot of players that will bring this team together and get them over 500 so boom was correct there but their inexperience definitely showed in the playoffs uh so with that under their belt you know they go into next season here but before we talk about that let's talk about some graduating seniors including Caleb Hearn um only played six games here looked like he might have gotten hurt at some point and so that might have been a little bit of a game changer too it's never good when you lose one of your more experienced players but in the six games had 348 rushing yards three rushing touchdowns on defense also had 21 tackles and three sacks there so that's obviously big time he was a top 13 tackler i believe and then as a rusher he was their second leading rusher despite only playing uh six games that's definitely gonna be a tough loss there he really did a lot for them in his years with rye and so that's just production that you're gonna lose and leadership that you're gonna lose straight up Um, In addition, they do lose Devin Samuelson he was a 6'3", 240-pound guard slash defensive tackle. He will definitely be missed as he did provide some solid size for Rai. And then on defense, he was a good player. Had 40 tackles, 8 tackles for loss, and 4 sacks. He another top 13 tackler. And then you also have T.A. McCauley here. Um, in 8 games, he had 24 receptions for 315 receiving yards and 3 touchdowns. That was good enough for him to be the lead receiver there. In those eight or sorry, nine games that he played altogether, Rye they're losing only four of their top 13 tacklers. I mean, Hearn, Bacali, Samuelson make up three of those 13 there. And then on offense, I mean, they're returning pretty much everyone, they should have the majority of their line there, and then most of their skill players. And so, with that being said, let's talk about some of those players here, starting with uh Nolan. Shower, I want to say. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. If I'm not, feel free to DM us uh, so that we could say that right when we do uh, not season previews, but recaps during the season. But anyways, he will be an incoming senior. He's their starting quarterback. Due for 1,180 yards and 12 touchdowns, only five picks. And had 24 rushing yards to three touchdowns. That's pretty good. You know, that's pretty efficient there. Also 63% uh as a door there. Love to see that. That's really efficient. If he takes another step forward, then things could really get interesting for Rye here. If he could get a little bit more productive, he could be a really good second option. But I say second option Because they have a really good running back who I think will be their primary producer on offense, and that is Dylan Hearn, the 6'3", 210-pound running back. He ran for 1,103 yards and 13 touchdowns as a junior, including 142 yards against Yuma in the playoffs, which is... Kind of a lot. That's a good defense, you know, but that's how special of a player he is. He will be entering his senior year. He is one of the best running backs to return in 1A and should be due for another big year. Also, by the way, on defense, it was a big time contributor with 43 tackles, six tackles for loss and four sacks potentially an mvp candidate is all i'm gonna say if he has a big year i think he could really put himself in that conversation if not the opoy or Dpoy candidate for sure but dylan hearn will be a big time player one of the best players in 1a for rye and then they also return Derek bach here uh he will also be an incoming senior he had almost 400 total offensive yards as a do-it-all athlete um And 192 rushing yards, 4 touchdowns. Also had 217 receiving yards and 2 touchdowns there. Uh, But on defense, he was big time as he was the lead tackler with 85 tackles, 5 tackles for loss and 2 sacks. He will lead a pretty experienced defense as well. And then I didn't mention him here, but I think I'm going to anyways. uh, Or I didn't write down his name, but I will mention him here. But Coda Graber here, he will be an incoming senior he was actually the second leading receiver with 236 yards on two touchdowns. So... If Nolan here at quarterback takes a step forward, you could see both Graber and Bach, you know, get a couple more receptions and be a little bit more productive. So this ride team is going to be good this year. They return an experienced defense and they return an offense with one of the best play, players uh, in all of 1A, in all of Colorado, and Dylan Hearn, who's a big 6'3", 210 running back, but is a smooth runner. So there you go there. Let's go ahead and predict this season and uh, the record here for 2023. All right, so to start, they play Manitou Springs here. Uh, we'll be one of the best games here to start the season here, but I think Rye returns a little bit more than Manitou, and I trust that to be the edge and the difference here. I think that's a win, plus that will be at home. Uh, following that, they play Salida away. It could be a closer game than last year, but who knows? It probably could go either way. I still have Rye winning this one, though. I know last year... um, this was a loss, but with Salida losing the guys like Drew Johnson, I think they could definitely beat them here. Then they play center, Trinidad, Ellicott. All wins. Easy wins there. They play Colorado Springs Christian. This will be a way, but I feel like Rye returns enough flares where if they get into another shootout, I trust them to come out on top. Because, well, we'll talk more about Colorado Springs Christian later on this episode here but they are losing a lot um both on both sides of the ball so i just kind of feel like rye should definitely win this one then they play payton they really shouldn't lose to them i think their biggest challenge of the season will be at home though against banning lewis academy and I think that might be a loss here. I'm going to give them this L here in the season. But chances are they are already in a good spot by the end here. Because this is a game that takes place like late October, October 20th. I think by now here they have pretty much solidified their spot in the playoffs. So it may not matter as much. This is more of a seeding thing if anything. And just looking forward at potential matchups in the playoffs. But it wouldn't hurt to win it either. Definitely can go either way here. I think they are going to lose it, though. So there you go. But if uh, their season hasn't been as good coming up to this point, this might be a must-win game to make the playoffs. Just going to say. Then they play Rocky Ford. That's a dub. So altogether, I have Rye going 8-1 this 2023 season with a window of wins between six and nine nice uh rye should be a tough squad this year with an experienced defense uh returning and a backfield of shower and Hearn who will be entering their senior years ready to make some noise these are two guys who have a lot of experience you know they have multi uh multiple years of varsity experience for rye so i think that's gonna go a long way for them and they are proven producers so there you go there and then on top of that, you add an experienced defense that you should be able to lean on as well. So there you go. Now, the Manitou and Salida game will be important for them to win since they're not exactly playing the strongest comp this season. So if they could win those 2A games there, I think that puts them in a really good spot here. Or I think Salida's 2A. Let me check real quick. Sorry, yes, they are 2 ways. so if they win both of those, that puts them in a good spot as far as RPI rankings go and whatnot, because obviously, you know, when you beat teams that are in a higher classification, that puts you in a better spot to make the playoffs. And considering they play teams like Center, Trinidad, Ellicott, Payton, Rocky Ford, who all I don't think are going to make the playoffs and are probably going to be some of the worst teams in the league, that puts a lot of pressure to win those two games Colorado Springs Christian would be a really quality dub to add on as well. And then I think Banning Lewis Academy, if you can get that win, would be a big time win as well. Because there is a situation where if you lose one of those games, Salida or Manitou or both, then you really need to beat both Colorado Springs Christian and... And Banning Lewis to make the playoffs. Because it might come down between those two. So we're just going to have to see there. But I think this Riot team will be more than fine. I like how they're built. I like their players here. I think they're going to be in a good spot to not only make the playoffs. But potentially make a solid run. They shouldn't lose in the first round. I don't think. Uh, depending on who they pull. We'll just have to see. But they really shouldn't lose in the first round. If they take care of business in the regular season. Alright, but moving on, let's go ahead and talk about Banning Lewis Academy, one of the teams that we talked about a lot with Rye and some of these other squads here. Um, let's start with how the season went. They went 5-4, and four, barely missed the playoffs. I was wrong. I predicted them to go 8-1 and one with a window of wins between 7 and 9. So I was just straight up wrong about banning Lewis Academy. But here, hold up. Before, before I already hear some people being like, oh, well, it's because you didn't do your research. Yeah, all right. Well, hold up. You know, let's talk about how this 2022 season went here. All right. So, The start out, I mean, they had, they started out as I expected, beating Denver Christian Jefferson, blowing them both out. Didn't expect both of those to be big, you know, like important wins or anything. They just took care of business there. Right. Um, And they were blowouts. Like I did expect though. I did expect that. Well, then they played Yuma. That was a way, that's a really long drive. And I predicted that to be a close win because of the players Yuma was losing. But instead, they just got the brakes beat off of them. This was an embarrassing loss. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, you shouldn't have lost by that much. I get losing to them. But 49-0, to that's definitely disappointing there. Especially considering, uh, you know, down the line, Colorado Springs Christian would barely lose to them in the... Or, sorry, uh, they would barely lose to Colorado Springs Christian down the line in the playoffs. That's tough, right? then they would go on play Bennett I was at this game they lost to them 40 to 32 they gave them way too many chances to win this game um Banning Lewis gave Bennett way too many chances just started out really slow in the first half on offense just did not do well and you know There's only so much your defense could do. And they just couldn't, you know, they couldn't close that gap. And by the time they kind of woke up in the second half here, you know, they mounted a pretty solid comeback uh, scoring all these points. But just came up short, losing 40 to 32, unfortunately, to Bennett. So that's a real tough, like, gut punch loss there. Uh, That would have definitely put them in the playoffs if they won it. So there you go. But then they beat Peyton Rocky Ford as expected. Played Colorado Springs Christian. I was at this game again. This once more was a close game. They had multiple opportunities to win it. Came up short. Lost it 26-22. If they beat them here, I think they probably would have made playoffs as well. So that's another tough missed opportunity. Then they play Rye again. I, I think by this point, I mean, you already lost both Bennett and Colorado Springs Christian. Uh, I, I don't know. If i said this last year but looking back i mean i think rye colorado springs christian bennett if you win two of those three games you make playoffs right but at this point they already lost two of those so there you go but they will lost to rye 16 to 6 so that's that's i mean that's another that's a 10 point game that's another close one right so there you go there they play alicott who they blew out 60 to 0 as expected so a little disappointing i mean they had some close uh calls here bennett 40 32 colorado springs christian 26 22 uh rye 16 to 6 those are all playoff teams bennett making playoffs in two way even so i mean if you beat playoff teams you make the playoffs simple as that and unfortunately they just couldn't quite get it done there so you know it is what it is you have to grow from it i mean you have no choice but to grow from it either that or you know just marinate in your sadness which is definitely not a good uh choice there and so let's go ahead and talk about the senior that they are losing because they're only losing one and that's nick vigil or v hill he was their lone senior on the squad that got significant varsity Uh, stats and snaps, you know, these last couple years in nine games. He had 25 tackles and two interceptions there. So, you know, there you go. But he's been a mainstay of this team for a while. Other than that, everyone from last year's team is returning. Everyone. So let's go ahead and talk about some of the key players returning for Banning Lewis Academy. Uh, Look, there's a lot of players I mean, I've said this before in the episode, I'm not going to be able to get to everyone for time's sake, but they return a lot of playmakers. So uh, let's start with Chase Real here. He is an incoming junior and he had a breakout season as a sophomore running for 1,159 rushing yards and 19 rushing touchdowns. While catching 11 receptions for 123 yards and a touchdown. I think he's a star here in Colorado and will lead a talented group of players. Uh, I was just watching his film and I'm like, man, he is good. He could be the best player in Colorado, if not the best player in 1A football, in my opinion. I think he is a potential offensive playmaker of the year. Most Valuable Playmaker of the Year candidate. Uh, if not, maybe a favorite. It depends how the team does, though. So there's always that. But, I mean, I'd like for him uh, to have a really big-time season this upcoming 2023 year. You know, with everyone returning and all that great stuff, I think this is his time to turn up. Uh, I think this is legitimately someone who... Oh, man, is this going to be too crazy? I don't know. I think I'm going to say it anyways. I think he can be a 2,000-yard rusher in a season. Um, now, it also depends on how much they feed the ball and whatnot. Obviously, if you are able to, you know, take guys out of the front seven and whatnot, out of the box, that'll help him reach that goal, right? Because I think he could definitely run over DBs and safeties here. Uh, or, you know, if not, juke them out or outrun them. But we'll just have to see. It's not all on him. I think he's at least a 1,000-yard Probably 12-plus touchdown guy, at least, right? So we'll just have to see, but he's a star for sure. And then you have another great player here in Ben Early. He's an incoming senior, but the 6'4", 190-pound tight end slash receiver was a key piece of this team uh, on both sides. You know, as a you know receiver on offense and a linebacker on defense. On offense, he led the team with 23 receptions, 330 receiving yards, and 8 receiving touchdowns. He will be one of their primary receiving options, and I think he could be re- he could really be a threat if given the ball more. I mean, he's a tall dude, and he has great hands, a great catch radius. If you get him the ball, he's going to make plays, especially in the red zone. I think he could be a huge red zone target. Would love for him to get over 10 touchdowns and also get over maybe 500 receiving yards. I think that's how good of a player he is. That's how great of an athlete he is. On top of that, they return Joseph Biagovic, the 6'1", 180-pound athlete, will also be a senior, Um, and he's kind of a weapon used for banning Lewis in multiple ways here. It's really interesting how they use him. He's a little bit of their Debo Samuel at times here. At times, right? And... He was actually their second leading rusher with 535 yards and four touchdowns while catching 15 receptions for 95 yards and a touchdown. Definitely somebody to be accounted for here. Uh, On top of that, they also bring back Liam Kitzmiller. He is an incoming senior who tagged on another 419 yards and four touchdowns while catching 10 receptions for 127 yards and a touchdown. Um, While he is a big part of the offense, he's also a huge part of the defense as he made his impact as a DB getting 28 tackles was leading the team with six interceptions definitely a watchless guy at safety at least that's where i have him there so there you go but you know ben early biegovich Kitzmiller. i think those are all guys who could also catch the ball and make plays so we'll just have to see what happens there And then they also return their defensive line. I mean, they return everyone but Nick Vigil, right? But this defensive line, I think, is solid here. With, uh, led by big defensive tackle Braden Skinner here. The 6'3", 6'2", 280-pound DT. Then you also have Ench, Julian Latterman, and Kareem Fudge. I think this defensive line, um, this group has size and talent. They need to be a little bit more physical. I'd like for them to be more physical and set the tone. I feel like in the Bennett game, uh... I don't I feel like they shouldn't have been dominated like that, letting them run the ball as much as they should, but it was what it does. Was that's a game that they need to take over. In the Colorado Springs Christian game, that was a game that Kareem Fudge kind of took over at the end there, you know, and this defensive line played really well. So if they could do that against every team, against a Yuma, especially, you know, who really just runs the ball, that'll be big. Uh, if they can set the tone every single game. I believe they're a state contender. But we'll just have to see. And then um, they also return Riley Dotson. He's kind of their glue guy and leader and linebacker on defense. He had 53 tackles. He's going to be a big-time returner for them. And then last but not least, they return Sam Bell. And I really think a lot of how well Banning Lewis does this year lies on Sam Bell. He will be a senior this year right but last year was his first year starting and he threw for 738 yards 12 touchdowns to seven picks at around 60 percent you know a clip right so there you go there he absolutely needs to step step forward if this team wants to make the playoffs and make a deep run because i think they can make a deep run um in the two games i watched against bennett and colorado springs christian it looked like he was reading the field relatively well But man, he just missed way too many throws. And those were both the winnable games here. I mean, he missed some throws that I felt like would have been touchdowns or would have been big chunk plays. Because once you get inside the red zone, you can really hand it off to either, you know, Real, Biagovic, Kitz Miller, uh, or even just throw it up to Ben Early. And you're going to score if you're banning Lewis. And he just missed a lot of throws and it's not bad play calling. Uh, He's making good reads, like I said, so he's seeing the field. He's just not making the plays. And so hopefully he takes that step forward because if he does, I believe Banning-Lewis can win state truly, you know, even though they haven't made the playoffs in program history, you know, I think they could win state, but they need to be tougher up front. I think that that's one of the bigger things. They need to be tougher up front can't get dominated by smaller players. You can't. They have size up front. So you need to absolutely be savages and whoop them. That's where it all starts. You got to beat them there first. And then that quarterback Sam Bell, he needs to be a 1,000-plus-yard passer. And if he could throw for 20 touchdowns, that'd be great too. You know, this team kind of reminds me of those Centauri Falcons from two or so years ago. And so if he can do that, that'll be huge for banning Lewis. Academy, but that's a big if we'll just have to see. You know, you just kind of gotta assume that they put in the work over the offseason, they are better and are able to do that. Alright, but with that being said, let's go ahead and let's talk about this upcoming year. They would go ahead and play Denver Christian to start. That's dub. Talked about them earlier. I think they got more weapons. Uh same with Jefferson, that should also be a dub. There you go. Then they play Yuma this time at home. They don't have to make that long trip this really should be a win here especially since they will be at home last year was embarrassing they did not play as well as they could have I feel like look in this game you just cannot get out hit if they don't match that physicality then you know the rest of the season can easily go how it did last year so I think this will be a really telling game but I'm gonna give them the dub here because I think they are way better than them then they play Bennett this can potentially be a closer game, but I definitely think they should win it. Bennett loses a lot of guys, right? So, like the Yuma game, you cannot get out hit. You need to engage in the hitting. You need to out hit them, plain and simple. Then the rest will fall as it should, right? So, it's going to be a brawl in the trenches. I think the Yuma and Bennett game, those are gut check games. You know, you know what they're going to do. They're going to run it. They're going to hit you. They're going to play great defense, and so you need to match that energy if you want to go farther this season. Those are key to their season. I'm going to play Rocky Ford, Payton. Those both should be dubs. Colorado Springs Christian, we'll talk about them later in this episode here. I really feel like this should be a win because Colorado Springs Christian loses so many players here. But this feels like a trap game. I'm not going to lie. If they lose this one, I don't know if they make the playoffs. I'm going to be honest with you. Unless they beat both Yuma and Bennett. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Maybe they still make the playoffs. uh, Even if they lose to them. But I really feel like they should be able to beat them. So, there you go. Uh, Then they go ahead. And they will play Rai after that. (sighs) Just talked about them before here. Uh, Like earlier on in the last segment, I think that's a dub, but this will be a good game. It can go either way. Plus, they're playing away too. Uh, For both teams, this will most likely be a key game to really secure their spot in the playoffs. I think at this point, if both teams haven't secured their spot, a win here would do that. And so... I think they win it here. Last year's game was close. I think this year, if Sam Bell takes a step forward, if the defense is a lot more physical and takes a step forward, this really should be a win. You know, I, I think if, even if it comes down to a shootout, they should be able to outshoot them. So, there you go there. But that'll be another key game there. Then they play Ellicott, which should be an automatic dub. Altogether, it's going to sound like a lot, but these this is really the expectations I have Banning Lewis at because this is a... Like, they're just such a talented squad. They're probably one of the most talented squads, at least top two or three, in all of 1A. And so, I really think they should go 9-0, undefeated, uh, and make playoffs. And then I have a window of wins between 6 and 9 here. Um, I think at the very least, their floor, they should at least be a game over 500. They literally return the same squad. So, it feels like it's fair to assume they should win at least one more game than last year, assuming everyone got be- everyone got better, right? Now, anything less than one more game over 500, I think is a disappointing season, because uh, I really think they should be playoff bound, and it really just depends how they handle physicality, as it felt like there were times when just inferior teams just out them, like a Yuma, a Bennett, a Rye, and that led to major losses that were close But shouldn't have been losses. In addition, Sam Bell needs to play better. He has way too many weapons for him to not be that good. Uh, And it's time for them to figure it out. You know, they've been around just for a couple of seasons. They've really built a great team here. They've developed a great team here. It's time to make the playoffs. And it's time to win a couple playoff games. I know it's a lot to ask. I think you got to focus on making playoffs first. But after that, here we go. It's on. You know, we'll just have to see... What happens here? All right, moving on to Rocky Ford. This will be a little bit of a quicker segment here. (sighs) Finished zero nine, as expected. They added two more games here, but I didn't have them winning any games. So there you go. This was one of the game or one of the teams that I predicted the record pretty much exactly correct here. Uh, even though I didn't have, uh, technically, right, uh, I didn't have them losing nine games, I had them losing seven, but that's what was on the record at the time, I still didn't think this team was gonna win a game, um, that's kinda just where this program was at, and it just wasn't really close, I mean, the most points they scored was 18 against Ellicott and Del Norte, so... Uh, I think the Ellicott game was the closest one, 28 to 18. But to lose to a team that is coming back after like a little hiatus, that's crazy. So there you go. There. Let's go ahead and talk about graduating seniors as they do lose a really senior-heavy team here. Benny Gonzalez, he was their lead rusher with only 94 yards on 86 carries, but he was also their lead receiver with 111 yards. uh, Led the team in tackles though with 58 and was an interception leader with three. Tough athlete to lose. They also lose uh, uh, Joshua Smith here. He was their lead receiver, actually, which was actually really big time. He had 22 receptions for 510 yards and six touchdowns. Emerged as the number one option. He also had 43 tackles on defense. That's another tough loss. Then they lose Joe uh, Zamora here. I thought he was one of their best athletes, or he was their best athlete. He was their second lead receiver with 31 receptions, 246 yards and three touchdowns. Also had 28 tackles on defense. Altogether, they lose those guys on offense, along with eight of their top thirteen tacklers, including the majority of their skill players on offense. So, oof, definitely a tough go here. But they do return two interesting players here: Aiden Cisneros. He's an incoming senior, threw for five hundred eight yards, four touchdowns, so fourteen interceptions um had solid games i guess against Donorte and wiggins but struggled throughout the season if they could get something going he will be at the head of it then they have uh an incoming sophomore here he was a potential freshman of the year candidate uh but i don't think we want that way but that's case and van dick here this incoming sophomore had 42 tackles on defense he'll be one of the few returners for this defense so there you go now just looking at this next season, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think they're going to win a game. I'm not going to go game by game because I just don't see a game here that they win. Uh, Yeah, so I have them going 0-9. They have Manitou Springs, Bainton-Lewis Academy, Colorado Springs Christian, Ellicott, Payton, Rye, and Monta Vista now scheduled here so far. They're not going to beat any of them. I think they're probably one of the worst teams in the state. They're going to need a lot more than a couple players to step up. I think they need better coaching. Uh, they need better development. I think this is still a team that I feel like should step down to 8-man, to be honest with you. and Maybe they'll be more competitive there, but who knows. So, there you go there. That is Rocky Ford. Okay, moving on, we got paid in here. Uh I actually predicted the record exactly right here, going three and six. Um there yeah, I mean I, I predicted almost every game of their schedule pretty much right here. It was a tougher year for sure, but You know, Let's just uh, go game by game here from the 2022 season. Lost a tough one to Cedar Ridge. Uh, Also lost a tough one to Center, 28-20. Cedar Ridge was a 27-0 loss, by the way. But Center was a closer game. That could have been winnable, I think. Uh, It was also an away game. So, I mean, that's probably one you want back. So there you go there. Beat Trinidad, though, so that's good. Uh, They definitely should have beat them. Uh, lost to Monta Vista 50-22. Still put 22 on them though, which is good because they are a solid they were a solid defense last year. Then they lost to banning Lewis 43-0. Beat Ellicott though 51-6, which is kind of an important game considering how close those two programs are. So you know there are players that are choosing between the two that's a big dub there uh lost to rye though which i mean you know we talked about they're really good 47 to 7 beat rocky ford as they should on the road too by the way 41 0 and then they beat or lost to colorado springs christian 53 to 8 so altogether not bad i mean they had a tougher schedule here i'm not gonna lie Vista, rye colorado springs christian all playoff teams Right. And Monta Vista and Colorado Springs Christian both went to the semis, too. So that's kind of tough there. Um, You also have Banning Lewis Academy, who is on the cusp. Rye, they made the playoffs. uh, We're bouncing the first round, though. Uh, You also have a team in Cedar Ridge, who is pretty solid out there, too. A lot of playmakers, a tough passing offense. So there you go there. But, you know, they finished as expected, though. Now, let's talk about some graduating seniors. They do not have too many here, as it was a pretty young team, but they have a couple. Starting with Reese uh, Trumbo, he had 577 rushing yards, 8 touchdowns uh, on the ground, and also had 15 receptions, 153 yards, and a receiving touchdown as their second-leading receiver. Also tacked on 45 tackles on defense and was one of the few positive uh, players on this offense. His production will definitely be missed there. Kind of wish he uh, had one more year there. And then you have Caden Trim, one of the few seniors who tagged together 50 tackles. And was really productive in the few games that he played and then you also have jacob Bushnell now um the defensive lineman contributed 42 tackles on defense so that's some size that you're there that they're losing there excuse me but altogether i mean they are only losing four of their top 13 tacklers those three that i mentioned there were part of the four and you know they're losing a pretty productive player on offense in trumbo so that's obviously tough but they return everyone else So with that being said, I think there are two players here that are going to be really key to their success this season. One is Lucas Boyvert here, um, the incoming senior. He's a standout defensive lineman, or at least I'm pretty sure he's an incoming senior. I'll make sure to check that real quick here. But Lucas here on the season was, yes, he is an incoming senior on the season, had 63 tackles, 14 tackles for loss, and then led the team in sacks with 4.5 as expected. He took a step forward and became a force for them. Now going into his senior year, he should be doing this again for Payton with probably bigger, better numbers as well. Wouldn't be surprised if he got 100 tackles or something crazy like that and got over 10 sacks. Uh, he's a big-time player for them over there on defense. They also returned their quarterback here, Noah Martin, uh, who struggled, you know, at times, but you know his second year starting uh i think this was his first four year as a starter i think his freshman year he didn't start every single game there but as a sophomore though threw for 573 yards three touchdowns to 10 picks also rushed though for 235 yards and six touchdowns which isn't bad here look he's not working with a lot here when i look through you know some game film game film here excuse me he looked okay uh he looked fine to me but you know you also need receivers to go make plays as well you also need a maybe a little bit of a better line here so there's some working you know that he has to continue to put in along with his guys he needs to form that chemistry with him uh with them as well so we'll just have to see if uh, some other guys could step up and help him out i think that'll be huge i think one of those guys who i think these two this duo of uh noah martin and his lead receiver here i believe it is pronounced brian Kearns? I, I could be wrong. I could definitely be wrong. Excuse me if I said that wrong here. But he was their lead receiver with 276 yards on 19 receptions. If they could really get on the same page, then that could be a good starting spot there. Uh, he had no touchdowns last year, at least none that were listed. So there you go. But uh, him coming back as an incoming senior should be pretty big for them. Uh, at running back, I mean, you lose Trumbo here. Noah Martin was your second leading rusher with 235 yards and six touchdowns. But the next guy here, I believe, is Colton Cobb. He was he's only a sophomore, but you know, or last year he was a sophomore, but he rushed for 126 yards, two touchdowns on 40 carries going into his junior year. He kind of provides a little bit more consistency here, you know, continuity. That should be good for this offense as they continue to try to put it together. And then I was also told Landon Hadley would be a big part of this team as well. Only had five receptions for 30 yards an offense and then 64 rushing yards and two touchdowns. But, you know, he could take a step forward as a senior like Trumbo did as well as this team continues to work and get better. So, you know, they were a really young team last year, had a lot of underclassmen, a lot of juniors. Uh, But going into this year, they should be a little bit more experienced, so should see some slight improvements going into this 2023 season. And so with that being said, let's go ahead and predict the record here. To start out, they host Cedar Ridge here. I don't think they have the firepower to go ahead and go toe-to-toe with them just yet. I think their defense will have to play top-tier football to stop them, which I think they can. I think this is a game where Lucas Verde could take over and stop them. But for now, I'm going to go with Cedar Edge here. This should be a closer game, but, I mean, I'm looking at this team. They return their quarterback, all the receivers... This is a tough offense to stop, you know. They're they're a good passing offense, so you really, uh, on defense, have to be ready for that. And then on offense, I mean, you can't have too many turnovers and give them the ball. You have to keep it away. So we'll see. There should be closer, but I think that's going to be a loss. They play center here next. Center keeps their quarterback, um, who threw for 200-plus yards and three touchdowns on them. But they will be without—center will be without Kale Ruggles and Maldonado. I think this becomes a game that Peyton can win since it was a close game last year. I think Noah Martin, if he just plays clean and the defense plays uh, tough, you know, I think they should find a way to get this one dubbed. So that's a dub for them. Then they play Trinidad. That should be a dub. Montevista. Vista. Uh, this is an away game, so it's a far travel here. Uh, so they have to go down there. Montevista Vista has historically always had a solid talent pool. We'll talk about them uh, not on this episode, but in a future episode here. And they are returning some pretty significant size, which I'm not sure if Payton could handle up front. That is definitely a concern here. So there you go. I think this could be a winnable game considering Monta Vista is losing a lot of players. But, you know, just because there's a lot of new faces doesn't mean they're not untalented. I think this will be a loss. This is kind of a tough game to play, but it could go either way. It's a tough game to get a gauge on, though. So we'll see. Then they play Banning-Lewis at home here. I think that's a loss. Banning-Lewis, I think, should be one of the best teams in 1A. If they're not, then that's on them, so we'll see there. Uh, could potentially be closer than last year, though, so there you go. They definitely should beat Ellicott. I don't think Ellicott is established already. Then they play Rye, who's another tough team, who I think will be one of the top teams in 1A. I think that's a loss, and that's also a way, too, so that's tough. So there you go. Then they play Rocky Ford. That should be a dub. And then they play Colorado Springs Christian. This, this one could be interesting. I, I, I don't think CSCS will be horrible. Uh, I think it comes down to who could play better at quarterback. And right now I like Jace Velasquez a little bit better, but he has had more weapons, so there you go there. Uh, we'll just have to see. I think Colorado Springs Christian should still win this one. But, you know, don't be surprised if Payton goes ahead and uh, gets a little upset here at the end here. Colorado Springs Christian loses a lot, but because it's basically at the end of the season, they would have the whole season to get ready, right? So that makes me really nervous, too. So that's why I'm leaning that way. But altogether, I have Payton going 4-5 and five, uh, with a window of wins between 2-5 and five here. So a pretty similar to, I guess, last year. Uh, obviously, with some improvements for sure. Um... I mean, just looking at this team here, they just need some players to, you know, really have breakout seasons and do well this season. You know, I think this is a team that could definitely go 500, would not be surprised if they do that, but that would definitely mean having to win tough games against Monta Vista and Colorado Springs Christian on the road, which I think they can. I mean, both teams are losing so much, like a ton of skill players, uh, basically their entire defense. It can be done, but those are also teams that have historically replaced talent pretty easily. So, we'll have to see about that. If they can win one of those, I think that's a really good indicator moving forward, though. And then I think center could be a toss-up game as well, but I still favor them. Uh, so, there you go there. I think that's definitely a game they should be able to win, especially at home. Should definitely be Rocky and Ellicott. I think this is a team... That we'll have an experienced defense led by Borvert here. Uh, and hopefully I'm saying that right. I Sorry if I'm not saying that right. But we will see how good they actually are. I think the defense will be fine offensively. They're not losing too many skill players. They return a solid amount. But they are losing Trumbo, who was their most productive player, right? So I think this puts a lot of pressure on Noah Martin and the rest of the guys to, you know, kind of figure it out at this point you're really all you got and all you need right so it's really just going to come down to how much work they put in and how much better they have developed here so we'll just have to see about that but for sure i think payton can be a team close to 500 maybe a game over 500 but i think close to 500 is a solid mark to be at uh just missing the playoffs here so there you go there all right up next we're going to talk about Ellicott and Jesus, please put in your stats. They did not do it again this season, even though they had a team this season. They didn't have one before then, but golly, man. You're killing me out here. So this might be a little bit of a shorter one here. Um I predict I predicted the record right. You know, I, I didn't think they were Or actually, no, sorry. I did not predict the record exactly right. I was one game off. They won a game against Rocky Ford, right? Other than that, I had them losing pretty much every game since they were returning. There was like no players to go off of because the last time they played was a couple of years ago. So all those guys graduated. So it was really tough to project this team. But I was relatively close. So still within the window of wins, uh, you know, which I'll take. So there you go there. Now, this season was a tough one as they returned back to 11-man football. Uh, They got blown out in every single loss. They did beat Rocky Ford 28-18 at home, so got to love that. That is definitely something to build on. But on top of that, it was just an extremely rough go. Um, Like I said, beat Rocky 28-18. That's pretty big time. Other than that, their next closest game was a 26-0 loss to clear creek and on the season they basically averaged less than a touchdown a game around four points per game actually While oh my god while allowing roughly 50 points per game so a real rough season for them yeah so we'll just have to see how this next season goes here Uh, as far as graduating seniors go they didn't put down their stats so i don't know who contributed what but they only had two seniors listed on the roster, and Captain Jacob D. who played tackle, linebacker, and TT for them, as well as Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Sven, I want to say Sven, who played guard and linebacker and was the other captain. So they only lose some size on their line plus their captains. So other than that, they return pretty much everyone. We'll see if they can take a step forward. Uh, some key players though, Jedrick Howarth, uh, he was their other captain. And the only one to not be graduating. He's an incoming senior. He's their starting quarterback for them. And so he looks uh, to turn up for this team. I looked at a little bit of his film. He looks to be solid there. They also returned some pretty significant size here. Some solid size on the line in Jonah Giseg, I want to say. He's 5'10", 200. Connor Iona, 6'1", 210 center. And Jose Chavez, 6'1", 220 uh pounds there at tackle for one eight that is pretty solid size for some linemen and that might be i think that will be a strength for this team so you got a quarterback right who's all right and you have a line i probably should win a couple games here but that's really all i could say here as they didn't record any stats so i don't know i don't know i don't know what to say here it is what it is right so i'm looking forward towards this 2023 season here Uh, They go ahead and play Grand Valley. I think that's a loss. They don't have a great identity or true identity on offense uh, or a defense that can make a ton of stops, and I don't know if they're there yet, so there you go there. Then they play Clear Creek. Their freshman quarterback, Jacob Young, torched them last year. He returns. That's not a game they're going to win. They're not going to beat Ray. They're not going to beat Estes Park. They might beat Trinidad here, though, who I'm going to talk about later. I think like the Rocky game, this is a team – that they could definitely beat one of the worst teams in the league, so I think this could be a win here. So that could be big. I think they're definitely bigger than them. So if they don't beat them, I, I don't know what to tell you. Then they play Rye. No, that's not a dub. Peyton's not gonna be a dub. Rocky Ford should be a dub since they lose, um, you know, some good playmakers. Well, Ellicott retains most of their squad, so that should be a win there. Then Colorado Springs, Christian, and Banning Lewis Academy to end the season are tough. Those are both losses. So my predicted record for Ellicott is 2-8 with a window of wins between 0 and 2. I really think they could beat both Rocky and Trinidad, but if those games are close, they could go either way. Who knows? But I like their size better than uh, those teams, uh, Rocky and Trinidad, so I think that kind of gives them the edge here. Other than that, I don't know who on their schedule they can beat. They're going to need some significant improvements moving forward. And before I move on, please, Ellicott, put in your stats. This goes a long way uh, as we cover a lot of teams. So there you go there. All right, up next is Trinidad. This is going to be another pretty short one here. Uh, last year, didn't win a game, as I predicted. One zero 0-9 as I thought. There were no close games all season. On top of that, they did not put in any stats. So... There's that. Uh, didn't have any seniors listed on the roster, but they didn't have many players listed in general. So there you go. Key players. I mean, somehow it gets worse because nobody kept stats. Also, there's there hasn't been updated film in like years. So it is what it is. Predict a record. I think they're going to go winless again. I don't think there is a team in 11-man football they could beat. Maybe Rocky Ford or Ellicott. We will see. So I'm going to give them a window of wins of oh. We'll have 0-2 here because they do play both of them here. Um, and if those two wins do happen, it's against those two teams. But I really feel like they are not going to win, those. So there you go. There's Trinidad season preview. Moving on, though, we have Florence here. And they were a pretty good squad here in 2A last year. Uh, you know, th- I technically predicted their record correctly as I only had them losing one regular season game. They went 8-1. and one uh in the regular season despite me having them go six and one but that's because they added two more games here on their schedule uh, once more their schedule is not complete as of july 15th so it might be a little bit off but hey it is what it is uh so there you go there and so on their season let's talk about last season here real quick to start they played Lyman, lost to them 20 to 3 that's probably a winnable game i kind of thought they could have won that one uh, and then they didn't, but, you know, hey, it is what it is there, you know, so, you know, they go on and play Centauri after that, they got better, beat them 29-7, of course, they didn't have Devin Brady, though, so just keep that in mind, so I think maybe that could have went differently if they did, beat Pagosa Springs, kind of in a close one, 22-19, but then went on, blew out Forge Christian, 48-7, blew out Lamar, 36-0, blew out Manitou Springs, 60 um 39-0 against Woodland Park 42-20 a little bit closer against Alamosa that was a big one for them to win they're really solidifying their spot in the playoffs then they beat LaHunta away 43-15 to end the regular season went to the playoffs played rifle and just in a shocking fashion lost to them 14-7 I really don't think that was a game they should have lost so definitely a little bit of a disappointing season regular season one as good as you could want um playoffs not so much so that's kind of been a theme they've lost a lot in the playoffs early so that's not really good but you know either way let's go ahead and talk about uh some of the players they are losing because they are losing a very talented group here starting with levi paxton the 6'4 190 pound quarterback Threw for 1,132 yards, 16 touchdowns and 3 picks while rushing for 477 yards and 7 touchdowns. He was one of the engines to this offense and was a multi-year starter. He will move on to play on the next level and so he will be missed uh it's always good to have continuity but when you lose a great athlete like him as well that's a little bit of an extra blow there so they're gonna have to work around that they also lose lincoln nicks who was a big part of this offense the 5'10, 180 pound running back was their lead rusher with 1093 yards and nine touchdowns Uh, he was also their uh, second leading tackler with 72 tackles and nine tackles for loss in addition they also lose Josiah Cornwell here, the 6'4", 220-pound defensive end, tied in. He was their lead receiver with 429 yards and 7 touchdowns on only 21 receptions. Also had 44 tackles, 17.5 tackles for loss, and was the sack leader with 6 and also forced 6 fumbles too. So there you go there. Altogether, I mean, those are some of the main guys. I'm not going to go player by player here, but they are losing 9 of their top 13 tacklers including their top three lead tacklers so altogether this defense is going to be hurting trying to replace everyone while their offense is losing basically all of their main producers their lead passer rusher and receiver along with some linemen uh so this is an extremely talented group that they are graduating but Likewise, they still have some very talented players over there still who are looking to figure this out. Starting with Gage Godal here, the 6'3", 185-pound incoming senior, was one of the best athletes who tagged on 30 tackles and a team high 6 interceptions. I believe he was an all-playmaker guy for us last year. And so as a senior, he should be a key part to this defense returning while potentially taking on a bigger role on offense. He is a great athlete. So maybe they just throw him in that quarterback and just be like, hey, we're going to run the wildcat this year. Or, you know, he's another receiver for whatever quarterbacks that's on the come up. Uh, I mean, he is 6'3", 185 pounds with good athleticism. So there you go there. They also return... Um, Oh, my God. Hopefully, I'm saying this right. And if I'm not, I apologize. But it's Lou G's Nuss, Nuss or Lugis Nuss. I, hopefully, I'm saying that right. I feel like I'm just butchering it, and I'm sorry. But he was their second-lead receiver with 18 receptions, 270 yards, and two touchdowns. Also, idB DB had 23 tackles and seven pass deflections. Will be a key part of the secondary returning, while also potentially another athlete who could take on a bigger role. On the offense as he is a very good athlete there. They also returned Tanner Rast here incoming senior contributed to the offense kind of in a limited way here rushing 31 times for 195 yards to touchdowns. He will most likely be one of the backs due for some more carries this season. Also on defense. He was one of the few returners with 58 tackles and seven tackles for loss. So, there you go there. And then last but not least, you have incoming senior Gunnar Busetti here. He had 63 tackles, 15 and a half tackles for loss, and 3.5 sacks on the line last year. Uh, he also started at guard on offense here. And so, it's going to be a group of seniors. This group of seniors, I think, is going to help lead a very young group next year. Obviously, you have these four guys. I think they're going to be the main leaders for sure. But... You know, you're going to need some young guys to step up and do well for them to find more success like they have before. But honestly, it's really not a bad core to work with, right? You still got some guys here. Now, looking at their schedule, it is incomplete. They have Centauri, Forge Christian, Lamar, Manitou, Alamosa, and La Hunta scheduled. They will play Woodland Park because they are in their league, so I'm going to talk about them as well. But these are just the teams I have for now here. Uh and I'm going to talk about them. Um yeah, I'm, I'm gonna talk about just what I have here and then kind of try to project forward from there. But to start the play, Centauri Centauri they return Devin Brady and if he can come back if he can get back to form, which I think he can, this is a tough team to beat. I don't know if Florence has enough firepower to do it, losing the running backs and quarterbacks. Uh they might but I think I'm gonna give this to Centauri for now. Then they play Forge Christian, that really should be a dub there. Uh, they lose some guys. Florence loses some guys. I still think they're more talented than them at the end of the day. So there you go. Then they play Lamar. This could be a close game, but I think this is a dub. Lamar returns to a quarterback, but he really struggled against his defense last year. So I think this could be a repeat performance. They play Manitou Springs. I think that's another dub. They still return enough players here to really challenge them. Because uh, Manitou does lose some players too, so this might be maybe a closer game. But I like the defense that um, Florence is returning for sure here. After that, they play Alamosa. That should be a win without the Jones brothers. I don't know if they win that one. I know they return a Brant Jackson and Mice, but I think this is a team that could definitely they could definitely beat, especially in late October. Then following that, they play La Hunta. I think that's a loss. It could go either way, but I think if La Junta is rolling, especially with Luke Gardner coming back, that's a tough game to win. And then this game isn't scheduled yet, but they're in their league, Lyn Park. I think this is a dub here. They may be losing a lot, and it could be a lot closer than last year, but I trust them to beat it. So based off of their schedule, I have them going 5-2. You know, with this seven game schedule here so far with the window of wins between three and six. Uh, look, honestly, it's hard to see where they're going to land next year. But I think they should be closer to winning five games or so this year, going 500s. They return enough players where I feel like they can figure it out. They have a solid core here. And then you just kind of got to build around that core from there. And so I think they could at least go 500 or get close to and maybe finish a little bit below that regardless, we should see some new faces and, you know, we'll see what happens this season. Okay, now moving on to Colorado Springs Christian. Uh, look, this was a team I was wrong about, but they also only had four games scheduled last year when I did their season preview. So I gave them a window of wins between two and four. Uh, they finished well above that in the regular season at six and three. As far as the games I predicted correctly, I said they lose to Monte Vista and Rye and uh, that they would beat Payton. And then the one that I got wrong was that... Uh, They did beat Banning Lewis, which I thought would be a win for Banning Lewis instead. So there you go there. But let's talk about last season. Last season for Colorado Springs Christian was special. And they had a new head coach, or at least it looked like, in Amos Velasquez here uh so that definitely made things interesting here but anyways let's talk about this season i went to their home opener against Flatirons academy that was a tough win but they beat them 34 31 that really set the tone moving forward they they, they then play monta vista um and they lost a shootout 64 33 had all passing touchdowns Monte vista had all rushing touchdowns so interesting game but a tough one to lose there then they beat denver christian 52 20 lost the woodland park 31 to 0 there uh then they beat rocky ford 47 to 6 lost a close one this one definitely hurt against rye 31 to 29 here on the road but then bounced back against banning lewis academy i was at this game uh this was a key game for them to win to make the playoffs and they beat them 26-2 uh or 26-22 excuse me in a close one there then they beat ellicott and paid in 53-8 in both of those then they made the playoffs and that's where the magic really happened here against buena vista beat them 21-18 to on the road that was an upset and I went to their playoff game against Yuma. They beat them 24-23 to in another upset. That was a huge game for Colorado Springs Christian as they were just rolling uh, when they beat them there. So that was definitely huge. Uh, great performance by Jace Velasquez, their quarterback in that one. Then they played Lyman, who they lost to 41-0, but Lyman would go on and win state. So coming off a tough season or a really good season here, I mean... They lose some really good players here. So let's talk about them. Starting with Ashton Lofton, the starting back, he had 1,254 rushing yards and 17 rushing touchdowns. Also caught 28 receptions for 331 yards and a touchdown. And on defense, he was a huge contributor with 80 tackles and two interceptions there. Then they are also losing Taylor McLeod here, who became their lead receiver with forty-four receptions, eight hundred twenty-five receiving yards, and eleven receiving touchdowns. Also contributing, uh, contributing, excuse me, seventy-two tackles and two interceptions as part of that secondary. In addition, they lose Casey O'Rourke. He had three hundred forty-four rushing yards, three touchdowns. Also had forty receptions and seven hundred twenty-eight uh, receiving yards and eight receiving touchdowns as the second leading receiver. And was a key part of the offense and then also outside linebacker was big with 95 tackles 10 tackles for loss and two interceptions Then they are also losing Defensive Playmaker of the Year. He actually won it, Nate Tonneson, the 6'4", 220-pound defensive end. He was one of three players with 100-plus tackles that will be graduating. He had 123 tackles, 16 tackles for loss, and 8 sacks, along with 18 hurries off the edge here. I mean, it's going to be hard to replace the Defensive Playmaker of the Year. So there you go. Those are just a couple players uh that i mentioned here i mean there were there were a lot right uh there were a lot of players jonah bullock was one he had 114 tackles uh thomas here he was a big one connor thomas he was a big one he was the other one with 100 tackles neil had 84 i mean there were so many great defensive players that they're missing and this was a really good defense along with uh their offense here i mean on offense they are losing every receiver who caught over 100 yards which is their top four receivers along with their top three rushers. So that's definitely going to be tough. And then real quick back to the defense. They are also losing nine of their top 10 tacklers. So uh, it's going to feel like a hard reset for Colorado Springs Christian here. They also lose, well, I don't know if they lose him. He's probably still on staff, Amos Velasquez, but on max preps, Jay Kersey is listed as the head coach and he was the head coach of uh, this team the last 10-ish years and has found success. So I don't know, that's kind of just an interesting thing to note there. But let's talk about key players, starting with their incoming junior quarterback, their stud, Jace Velasquez. He had a breakout season throwing for 2,129 yards, 20 touchdowns to 11 picks while rushing for 178 yards and six touchdowns. He threw at an efficient 63% clip, uh, including a masterclass playoff performance against Yuma, where he was 15 of 21 for 339 yards and three touchdowns and also ran in a touchdown. But he is losing a pretty big group of skill players that may not show in the stats, but he needs to show that he can lead regardless of who's there or not. He may be the best quarterback in 1A, if not one of the best. And so, it's not a bad player to bring back. He should be able to win them at least a couple games here. At least. Now, will he be able to replicate some of these numbers? Probably not, but you still kind of hope that he stays efficient here and doesn't force too much. Then they also return Will Moore, an incoming junior. One of the few players to return for Colorado Springs Christian that got some varsity playing time. He should be a lead back or one of the backs in this backfield and someone they could rely on for production. And then Eddie Harmon is one of the few incoming seniors returning. The 6'1", 170-pound linebacker had 76 tackles, 5 tackles for loss, and 2 sacks. His return will be huge for a defense that will be... Uh, returning a lot of guys who don't have a ton of varsity experience he is their most experienced guy so also look for him to be more involved on offense there and then last but not least they also return mikey Allis here he is the other senior returning at corner he tagged on 45 tackles in 11 games he also could be a little bit more involved on the offense so just a couple guys there to kind of build around but not a lot i mean they're missing a pretty ooh, a pretty crazy amount of players um, it's going to be pretty difficult to project them moving forward, but you know what? We're going to do our best starting with this first game, which is away against Flatirons Academy. Luckily enough, Flatirons is losing a lot of players, a lot of seniors, uh, in what was an excellent 34 to 31 shootout last year. I think this year will be closer. It will be a different game here by trust Velasquez to go ahead and take over this game and win it for them. So that should help them out. Then they play Monta Vista at home, though. Monta Vista will be losing a lot as well, but they are returning some pieces, and I think they are a little bit bigger than Colorado Springs Christian up front, so this could be a tough one, could be a close one, but I have Monta Vista winning. Then they play Denver Christian. I think this should be an interesting quarterback battle. They return a lot more here, so this could potentially be a loss, but I trust Jay Style play the opposing quarterback. That should be a dub. Then they play Woodland Park here. Um, Jace was taken out of this game early. I think it could have been injury. Uh, And I honestly think if he plays the whole game, it goes differently. And Woodland Park is also losing some players. And so I think Colorado Springs Christian could find a way, but it could go either way too. Then they play Rocky Ford. That's a dub. They play Rye. This was close last year, but Rye will be very good this year as they return pretty much everyone. So I think that's a loss for Colorado Springs. The same with banning lewis i mean colorado springs christian loses so much banning lewis returns a lot uh this was a close win last year but i think this is a loss for them this year then they play ellicott and payton who i think are both dubs the Payton game might be a little bit closer might be but we'll just have to see about that all together it's not too it's not that bad honestly i still have them going six and three with the window of wins of five to seven i really don't think they will fall off this much I have a hard time seeing them get too far over 500 here. Um, They do have a slightly easier schedule this year compared to last year because of... Players that opposing teams are losing, like games against Montevista, Vista, Woodland Park, Rye Baining-Lewis Academy, I think those are probably all losable games, but that Montevista Vista game and Woodland Park game, they are losing some guys. Same with the Flatirons Academy game, so there you go. But I think just a lot of it will depend on Jace Velasquez and how well he could do keeping uh, this offense leveled and staying productive. Uh, we'll just have to see what happens there. And then our defense, I mean, they have to rebuild, Right. Uh, but it's Colorado Springs Christian. They usually have a pretty solid talent pool. It could be a tough year, but I still see them going 500. But you know what? We will just have to see. Either way, that'll wrap up this episode of the Playmakers Corner podcast. Thank you so much for rocking with us. If you want to know when more content's going to come out, because a whole lot more is coming out at this point. Make sure to follow us and show some love on social media at Playmakers Corner on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. TikTok, we'll be posting some stuff there. Also, subscribe subscribe to us on YouTube as we will be posting full episodes and some shorts there as well. More season previews should come out here. Our watch list should be come out highlighting some big-time players and whatnot across the state. So be on the lookout for those. But until next time, I will catch you later.